everybody. You are listening to Hotter Than Health, the podcast. This is a podcast focusing on fitness, nutrition, and an overall healthy lifestyle. My name is Eliza Gellman, and I am so happy to have you here with me for today's episode. One thing I will say with anyone that just can tell that something's not right with themselves, be your own advocate and Hello, hello. We are back with another Thursday interview. I know you all are going to love, love, love this episode and love Sarah. We are talking with Sarah Smith from Raw and Rebellious. You can find them on Instagram, raw underscore rebellious. This is one of the most unique small jewelry companies that is going to sweep the nation, blow up completely. We go all over the place in this episode. We talk about Sarah's experience with Crohn's disease. We talk about alcohol. We talk about starting a business. We talk about depression. We talk about comparison and how it can be the thief of joy and truly going into her perspective of being a fully positive person, but having these deep, dark moments that she didn't know how to get out of. Um, so really we go into mindset work and I truly couldn't be more excited to share this episode with you guys. So before we get started, make sure you are listening until the end. We are going to do a giveaway. Make sure you're following at raw underscore rebellious before we get into the episode. Uh, we do have a code for you all at the end, but did I say giveaway? I meant code. Don't get too excited. But you guys, the code, if you want to use it, I will also put it in the show notes if you forget. It is hotter than health 15 for 15% off at checkout. And you guys, just be mindful. This episode comes out on a Thursday and on Friday she is coming out with rings. She also just came out with her new cute Chanel and Gucci line. I'm obsessed with her necklaces. They are not just your average trendy gold loop-de-loops. They are absolutely the most colorful, iconic, statement, beautiful, fun, and designer jewelry. You guys are absolutely going to love it, but more than that, you're going to love the interview that we have with Sarah. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. Make sure you go and rate us five stars on iTunes. And if you are looking for the show notes, you can click on the website in the show notes for a little bit more information. It'll say Hotter Than Health. And you can also, if you're listening anywhere else other than iTunes, you will have an entire stream of the show notes. It is much easier to find. We link to all of the accounts that we speak about and all of the discount codes. But again, make sure you are checking out her jewelry. It is fucking badass. I cannot wait to get my hands on some of these pieces and use this discount. I'm going to use it 10 different times. So the discount is hotter than health 15 at checkout. And without further ado, let's get into today's episode with Sarah Smith from Raw and Rebellious. But we were just talking about yesterday how your brand raw and rebellious it has become its own beast and its own entity but i think that what everyone wants to hear is about you and how you came to be how your story came to be and how this entire life just kind of fell into your lap just by following you know just by trying to make a little bit of money in college yeah, <laughs> totally. so well let's take it back even one step further we talked about this a little bit yesterday on the phone, but for people who don't know you, so Sarah Smith, give people a quick bio and then we'll get into some specific questions. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
So yeah, my name is Sarah Smith, Sarah with an H, Smith with a Y. I was pretty much born and raised in um, Alabama in a small town called Madison in North Alabama. Went to Auburn. I graduated in 2017, which like every year that goes by, I just feel older and older saying that, which is absolutely terrifying, but I'm still young. Um, 26, Virgo, September 20th, um, seven on the Enneagram. I, I don't even know what else to say. Like, wait, I love that you just, and... I, I love that you talked about the Enneagram and the Zodiacs already. Oh, okay. So Zodiac is funny because, because of like my personality, people often assume that I like know a lot about Zodiac signs and like moon and stars and stuff. And honestly, I don't like, I wish that I knew more. I'm big on the Enneagram and like, I love taking, like I geek out on those like personality tests and like mm. the love language tests and like all those things. Like, what are you? Do you know what you are? I'm on Enneagram. I'm a three and ah. for Zodiac, I'm an Aries, Okay, but then I'm a projector for human design. Okay. I don't know if that rings a bell for, for you at all. Yeah. But- I, I did the human design test. Yeah, no, I I absolutely love the Enneagram. And I love like learning, like I think knowing what types other people are, like it's one of those personality tests that really gives you some insight on like who this person is, what they respond best to. And especially with like, you know, working with people too, like in an office or a corporate setting or, you know, small business, I think it's a cool way too to just, you know, get to know people on a different level that sometimes they're not even aware of. Our mutual friend, Helen Hall, she's been on the podcast a number of times. The yeah. She's the founder of Blender Bombs, and mm-hmm. she has all of her employees, who are also her friends, take all of these personality tests so that she can see how they like to be spoken to, how they like to receive feedback, and all these things. And she says that it works beautifully, and it's like, I think it's definitely the future of running a business, especially yes. in um, any any type of any type of holistic business, any type of anything, I think it's just the way to go. But also with that, it also, it's funny because you kind of have to be into it in order to be receptive to it because I've tried to talk to my boyfriend about this. He's very go, go, go. He can work, you know, 10 hours a day, nonstop doing what he does because he loves what he does. Um, And he's a generator. So he has so much energy. Yeah. me, I'm like, I need 11 breaks. Yeah. <laughs> they, can, <laughs> they can be short, but I need 11 of them. Yeah. So take us back to how this all started for you. So you went to college and you're, st- you're 26 right now, but mm-hmm. this, your jewelry company has just blown the hell up over the past, what, year and a half. So yeah, how, crazy. How, how did that even happen? Can you give us your story on going to college, figuring this out and how this snowballed. Totally. Um, I'll try to make it short and sweet, although summarizing is not my strong suit. So no, we want to hear we'll, we'll see how this comes out. <laughs> I haven't quite got my elevator pitch down yet. <laughs> I, you, the way you told your story yesterday, I just, I was salivating on the phone, pacing back and forth. I was just <laughs> loving it. Um, okay. Let's see. So yeah, I went to Auburn and one so I majored in rehab and disability studies and Spanish, first of all, which everyone is always like shocked by that part of my story. And it's funny because so my mom's an occupational therapist, my dad's an engineer, and occupational therapy was something since I was little that I always thought I would do. I started at a pretty young age, you know, volunteering and working with people with special needs. I used to go to work with my mom all the time growing up. Um, and so occupational therapy was just something that I always saw myself doing. 
I love Spanish. And so I really wanted to use that also in my field and do bilingual occupational therapy. So with both of those things, um, I studied abroad the second semester of my junior year for four months in Madrid, which was so much fun. But like everyone else, I came back broke as absolute hell. And I waitressed for like in high school and college at Texas Roadhouse, if any of you guys have ever been there. <laughs> uh, I put in a lot of years there. <laughs> um, if you know, you know. Yeah, exactly. And um, so when I got back, I was like waitressing, whatever, just wasn't really cutting it. And my grandparents were in town for some reason um, from like right outside New York City. And we went to this little antique store, me, my grandma and my mom. And um, she was like, you should buy like these, there was like these chains of like beaded chain that they were selling and like little charms and like little antiques and stuff. And she was like, I'll buy you some if you want to like make yourself some jewelry. And I mean, I couldn't afford shit at that time. And everything that I saw was either too expensive or I just didn't really like it. So I was like, okay, yeah, like I'll, you know, make it myself. And so I bought the stuff with my grandparents and my grandpa like helped me with like tools from my garage to like put it all together because I had absolutely no clue what I was doing and made a couple of pieces, wore them all summer, like at Texas Roadhouse, out on the river, um, at Rock <laughs> South, like a country concert. Um, and everyone was like, oh my God, where'd you get your necklaces? Like, where'd you get your jewelry? And at the time, like it was super layered and like very unique. And there wasn't really like, I, I, there wasn't really anything like there wasn't anything else like that out there. Sorry, tongue twister. And um, so I started making necklaces for friends and eventually posted on my personal Instagram, I think, and was like, hey, you know, I'm making these necklaces. If you want one, DM me and I can make one for you. And the response was right off the bat, like very surprising. Like, and that's kind of how it went, you know, naturally. Like everything I did, every way I grew that first year and even now it was totally like demand based. So like that summer I was making jewelry. I was on my parents' boat making jewelry. I was volunteering and working at a summer camp that summer for kids with disabilities. And, you know, during the week I'd be at camp and then on the weekends I'd go back to Auburn and make more jewelry. Um, so I was kind of just like doing it in any crevice and corner that I could find um, that summer. And then I went back to school and I decided to make an Instagram account for the jewelry just for fun, really. Um, and I called it Sarah Smith Designs. And then eventually changed the name to Ron Rebellious a couple of months later, again, just for fun. Um, I really didn't think anything of it. And um, then by the time I graduated, so that second semester is really when it just like snowballed and took off. I started working with Behind the Glass, which is like a big boutique in Auburn. And I remember like a huge deal for me. And then this, and then like the month before I graduated, got in touch with, um, Peyton Gannis and Riley Thomas and um, their family was shop these three, which is a big boutique in the South and started selling with them. And it's so funny. I remember I was on my senior trip, like graduation trip with like all my friends at the beach. And I was like wasted on the beach. I get back, check my phone. And at the time, like for that whole first year, I sold jewelry through Instagram, like just through DM. And I check my phone like drunkenly when I get back to the condo and I click on Ron Rebellious and I go to my DMs and it had like a little 99 plus thing in the, in the, like the requests, which meant I had like over 100 DM requests because again, only took orders to DM. So these were all order requests. And it was because like, while I was at the beach, Peyton and their boutique posted me on their Instagram and tagged me. And I had like thousands and thousands of followers and like all these orders and stuff. And I was like, cross oh my gosh. Drunk off of like, what did we drink? Like strawberries back then. I don't even think they had white claws. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah, it was crazy. And then from then, from there, it really just like 
snow like went crazy like snowballed like crazy and just like grew 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 and yeah that was I think like when I started thinking like okay this might actually be something bigger than just you know a way to make money in college because I was going to I was planning on going to grad school like I had plans to like go live in Spain for a year then I was going to go to grad school for occupational therapy like I had my whole life planned out um which is such a joke because I didn't end up doing any of those things that's um, so funny but yeah well, I think that the craziest thing, well, also what I want to know selfishly. So you said that you went to this antique shop with your grandma and your grandpa when they were in town, were they seeing you making jewelry, like in your bedroom at home? Were they like, Sarah, you should get creative and find a hobby. Or is it something that you had always been into? Um, it's actually funny. So right before I went abroad, I was trying to like save up some money. My parents were like, okay, if you can save up X amount of money, we'll like match it or we'll help you. Like whenever you're going to bronze, I was like, okay. So I remember I bought this necklace at a local boutique. And I don't know if you remember that trend where it was like a really long necklace and you'd like double wrap it around your neck and there'd be like a choker part and then a long. Yeah. Part. Yes. Um, yes. I bought one of those from a boutique and it was super expensive and it broke. And I was like, fuck, like I cannot afford to like buy a new one, but I need this because I need to be fashion forward. And so I go to Michael's or Hobby Lobby or something and I buy deeds and I just make it myself. And I was like, wait, that was kind of easy and also super cheap. So literally like three weeks before I'm leaving for four months to go abroad, I like post in like my sorority Facebook group and I text all my friends and I was like, hey, if anyone wants these necklaces, let me know. And so I remember telling my grandparents about it and they, I mean, anything I do turns to gold in my grandparents' eyes. And I mean, my whole family is so supportive, but like my grandparents Aww. are like my high people, like they both, they each have their own Instagram account, my grandma and my grandpa. And the only people they follow are me and Ron Rebellious, like my personal account and Ron Rebellious. And like, I always know when they're like on their iPod or whatever, because I'll get like 20 notifications that like my grandpa liked, like my last like 20 posts. Like, it's so funny. We need but, to get them on your next campaign. Oh, I know. Photos. I, know. I know they're, they're a little camera shy, but um, <laughs> it'd be so fun. Um, but yeah, so they like, I think from me doing that, like right before I went abroad. And again, this was totally went off and really had nothing to do with me wanting to make jewelry when I got home. But I think that kind of got that in their mind. And so maybe that's why my grandma like wanted to take me to get jewelry. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like when I started making it for myself, they were like, you should try to sell it. And I was like, no, that's insane. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially when you're so resistant to hearing about that because you have your whole life planned out. It's so much easier to just go right. with the plan. Like, oh, totally. And, and what's so funny is you mentioned earlier that your dad was an occupational therapist and your, or your dad was my, yeah. So my dad's an engineer and my mom's an occupational therapist. So you've got, you have these lives that you've seen played out in the way that yours could have played out. So you could have taken the safe route. And I think that the biggest difference between taking the safe route and then not taking the safe route and just going through all the trials and tribulations of owning a business would be you're the support. So without the support, it's like, where the fuck would we be? So, so you said something crazy on the phone yesterday that you, but you were like going on a trip and yeah, you had all these DMS and you had all these orders and then you got your first wholesale account, which is when it really, really started to take off. So I want to talk a little about the power of influence happening here. So what was it like? Because social media, when you started your brand, it was around, obviously it was very prominent. Everyone had Instagram and social media and things like that, but 
what would you say was the biggest thing that you did on social media to help to grow your brand? I mean, I know that it was natural and everything kind of came to you, but what were some of those things that you did that maybe set you apart just right off the bat that you didn't even realize you were doing? Quick interruption here. I hope you guys are all enjoying this episode with Sarah of Raw and Rebellious. I wanted to just give a quick reminder that if you are interested in one-on-one coaching and one-on-one nutrition programming, fitness programming, the works, we are definitely opening up a few spots for the rest of June and beginning in July. We work with mindset, we work on nutrition, custom nutrition plans, as well as a supplemental protocol and a number of different things. So if you guys are interested in delving deeper into your nutrition, if you have a specific goal, if there has been something that you've been working on for quite some time, this is the time to dive in and book a consult call. All you have to do is go to my website, Eliza G Fitness and Health, and from there, you just go to book now. You go ahead and book your session, and I will send you all of the forms, everything that you need. The consultation is free. We can see if it's a good fit to work together, and if it is, then we will move forward from there. If you have any questions about this, feel free to message me on Instagram. Make sure you are following at Eliza G underscore wellness, or if you don't already follow the podcast at hotter than health podcast. Again, that is at hotter than health podcast. We have a lot of new information coming to the to the to the Instagram. So go ahead, give it a follow. Now let's get back to today's episode with Sarah from Raw and Rebellious. You know, keep work to like maintain those friendships. That's really important to me and something that I think I've always just like naturally done. And so with that, number one, I think that helped me a lot when I started because I knew so many random people in random places. And that kind of helped me like spread the brand because so many people were so like excited for me and supportive and willing to, you know, help me do that without even me really asking. But I think because that's part of like my mentality. I mean, I'd never taken a marketing class or a business class or an accounting class. Like I had no clue what the fuck it was that I, like when I sold to the first boutique and they asked me to type up an invoice. I didn't even know what an invoice was. Like I had no idea what I was doing, but naturally because I love connecting with people and like meeting people when I first started, you know, making jewelry, this is before influencers were a big thing. Bloggers were a big thing. This is before Instagram was really being monetized like it is today. So I was new in the space and there wasn't really anyone like me out there. And then I started thinking, okay, well, who do I know that knows someone that's like, has a lot of followers on Instagram or that, you know, maybe was in like a local like pageant or someone that was, you know, just like has more followers in the norm. And again, before bloggers and swipe ups and whatever. And I just started like racking my brain for friends of friends. And I found connections with people um, that did have those like not huge followings, but bigger followings. Yeah. And I just like, shot my shot and I reached out to them and I was like, Hey, like, would love to send you some jewelry if you would post about it. And I did that a bunch. I remember like around Christmas time when I was home, um, a few months into me, you know, making necklaces. And I think that really helped a lot. And I continue to do that. Mm-hmm. And then I also did pop-up shows at sororities, my second semester, of my senior year. So like I knew a bunch of girls that went to Alabama that were in sororities. I knew a bunch of other girls and other sororities at Auburn. So I would do pop-up shops like at different sororities and like parents weekends and things like that to also kind of like meet people and get the word out. And I think then it just spread like wildfire because, you know, with sororities and networks 
at schools, especially like Southern schools, like it's such a small world. So if you see someone totally. wearing something, it's like natural influence. Like I think now we think of influencers as like these like larger than life figures that are essentially like some sort of celebrity and like, you know, people listen to what they say and like, you have to like have 20,000 followers and like do X, Y, and Z, but really like a influencer, if you break it down and think about it is just someone that like is influential. Like you see something that your friends wearing and you like it, you ask them where they got it. That's just natural. Mm -hmm. And then if you're excited about something and you like something, you naturally want to tell people about it. Like, you know, if you get like a new pair of shoes that you're obsessed with or a dress that fits you just right. And like, you feel amazing and you want to tell all your friends, you know, so I think think that's it naturally happened that way too. I think that's really where you also went right is just you were right you kind of micro niched down you found all these micro niches and let it spread that way it's not like you were just focusing on this one target audience you know so so many people think that it has to be one way you have to advertise one way you have to look at one demographic or one group of people but you really went out and did everything I think that's amazing and I mean clearly people were seeing it and appreciating it from afar and um that's how they found you but I I just really like that you started out. I think that a huge thing is starting out, not trying to make money. Like, I mean, yeah. you were trying to make money, but you weren't trying. I wasn't have, trying to do. Yeah, exactly. You didn't have an end goal. And I think that once you like, you wouldn't have just done it washing cars. It wouldn't, nothing, no car business would have grown that big. I think that it's because you could really have a creative outlet and put yourself out there and make those connections. So you said you got, you know, nine, a hundred plus orders while you were at the beach this time. Did you have people helping you? Like, how the hell are you making necklaces? And because your pieces are intricate. It's not like they're just one loopy gold chain and you put your brand on it. It's like you have some detail in there. Yeah, that was tough. Um, I did it by myself until I quite literally couldn't. Like, I feel like all my growth, like I said earlier, happened naturally. It happened naturally, but it happened like forcefully too. Cause it was like, okay, I have to like sleep at some point. I have to like have a life. I have to eat like basic human functions. Like I can't make jewelry in my sleep. So what the hell am I supposed to do? Like, I remember my boyfriend at the time, I would make him like cut chain for me and do stuff. I had friends, like if they were coming over for a movie, like you can ask my roommates, anytime we were doing anything, I was just like making jewelry. Like always I was skipping class. I was staying up really late and waking up really early and it was my senior year. So I didn't want to like miss out on anything. So I was just like going out, going to bed, waking up hungover, making necklaces, you know, skipping class half the time. And then just like making necklaces some more. Um, And then I got to a point where it was just like way too much. And I had a friend that started helping me right before we graduated. And then actually the summer after I graduated, I, you know, still didn't think I was going to be doing this full time. It was very much like a side thing, but it was growing so rapidly. So I went, moved back home for that summer. And cause I didn't know like where I wanted to live um, after I graduated. And I was planning on living in Spain and hired my younger brother, who's three years younger than me. And like all of his friends from high school that like we've all grown up with. Um, a lot of them actually went to Auburn and we were like in my parents, I still have pictures of it. We're like in my parents, like room that used to be like our playroom as kids. And there was like a ping pong table in it. And there was like eight girls and my brother and his other friend around this table, like making jewelry. And it was just like, we've got to get that picture out here. We got to find yes, this photo. Yes, I will. <laughs> my mom, like, I mean, at the time I was like, mom, please go away. But she's like snapping pictures like here and there. And the, I mean, it's just so funny to look back on like, 
how we used to do it. I mean, I was just Venmoing everyone. Like I had no, like, I maybe yeah. had a license by then, but I probably didn't. <laughs> like Wait, it was so very you- unofficial, just like thrown together, just trying to make it work. So you were just thinking like throughout this whole time, your mind, I want to hear about your mindset. Cause I hear so much about just like what you were doing. Were you excited? Were you anxious? Were you terrified? Were you overwhelmed? Like obviously overwhelmed, but what was your mindset? Like, were you happy and enjoying this or was it just numb because it was so busy? Um, I think from the beginning and even still, like, I mean, I think as far as like the success of it, it's always been something that I've disassociated myself with. Like when people are like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. Or, oh my gosh, like you're doing so great. It's not that I don't appreciate the compliment. It's that like, I'm, I don't like walk away, like flipping my hair, like, oh yeah, like I'm the best. So like, that's not your love language. (laughs) It's, it's really not like, I don't, I don't, I don't get, yeah, exactly. Like I appreciate it because I know that they have good intent and like are trying to like be sweet, but it just does. I just don't internalize it. I don't know why I wish I could. I'm the same way. Yeah. I could get the nicest DM. Yes. I'm like, thanks. (laughs) They could send me a gift and I'm like, I, but I'm like, I need time and I need like, I need you to do something that I need like a gesture, like wash, yeah. do something that I really don't want to do. Like yeah. unload the dishwasher or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't even, I don't even know how I can internalize it, but even like then, I, like, it was just like crazy. Like everything was just balls to the wall. I do think I operate pretty well under stress. Like I've always been the type I'm like, so go, go, go. Like I wouldn't even know. I don't know the last time I was bored. Like I truly cannot tell you. And like, I have always found things to keep my hands busy, even when I was little. And so I think I do pretty well under chaos and like stress. Um, so I don't know if I was stressed. I think I was like, kind of just riding the wave of it. Like I thought it was cool. And I, yeah, I was a little bit nervous just because I didn't know what was going to happen because I had all these plans to like go to school and go abroad and that's just always what I thought my life looked like, what I thought my life looked like, but I'm also just like not really a planner. So it wasn't like in my head, I was thinking, you know, when things were blowing up, like, oh my gosh, this is going to be what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to like make a leap of faith and like not go to school. Like it was never like, I was even thinking about that. I was like, this is crazy. Like, that's all I could think of. Like, this is crazy. Like, this is weird. Mm-hmm. And I also had no bit, like, I still don't consider myself business-minded. Like everything I've done everything I've done, I've learned just kind of like, as I've gone naturally and through like making mistakes. And so it wasn't like, I even knew what I was getting myself into, which I'm kind of thankful for that made night. What am I trying to say? Like naive, naive, naivete. Yes. Naivete. Thank you. It's been a long day. Um, but I'm kind of thankful for that because I think if I had known, like if I knew then what I knew now, I don't know if I would have taken like done all those things because I was taking risks and doing scary things without even realizing I was, I think. I think that's I so didn't know what was going on. <laughs> so many people I hear all the time, I want to start a podcast. I want to start a blog. I want to start um, an Instagram or a business, or I have an idea for X, Y, and Z. You can hear it, my dog in the background. Click, 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 click. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm bored of you. Um, but I hear all these people who have these ambitions, they have these goals, or even if it's something non-business related, maybe they want to save up and travel. Maybe they want to go on a big trip, but they immediately go into the, well, I can't do this because of this roadblock. Like, oh, I don't get that much time off for work or, oh, I can't afford it. Or, oh my God, I have too much going on right now. Or, but it's like, you make 
time for what you want to make time for. And it's, exactly. it's this business relationships, money yourself. It's all sacrifice and it's all prioritizing. So I completely agree with you that it's like, if you, if you really knew what it was going to be like in the hard work and the tribulations and the obstacles, then half the shit that's out there wouldn't be around. Exactly. You know, and I love that because it just means that the passion, not the passion, but the, the why behind it is so big that it keeps you going no matter what the BS that comes up. And, um, that's kind of also what I wanted to segue into. Clearly this is a podcast focusing on like health and wellness and mindset and entrepreneurship and everything. But when you noticed growth in it, um, clearly you mentioned your mindset was, you know, pretty, it was pretty level. Like you were excited about it and you were like, this is wild. You mentioned going through a pretty tough phase after that. So you said, recently that you had gone through knee surgery. It's funny. We, we were your voice messaging you and I were, and I, you, I was like, yeah, I have this podcast. I'd love to have you on as a guest. And you just go, well, we could definitely tell I, I had a knee surgery. We could talk about my rehab. Like we, you just immediately were like, what can I do that has to do with health? But like, yeah. I was like, uh, I've had a weird relationship with food in my body. I used to basically be a binge drinker. I, yeah, I just went to, I had knee surgery, got back from physical therapy and I was depressed for like six weeks. Like, what do you want me to talk about? (laughs) Well, well, and I think that that's so candid to say, and I think that more and more people are saying that, which is awesome. But when you were you messaged me back one of the first times and you were like, yeah, I haven't even been drinking as much just for like my mental health. So you're a very social person. You are so charismatic. I feel like I've known you for a million years and we've only never even met in person. Yeah. What, what was the story behind realizing, Hey, okay, maybe it's time. I know I'm super social and super happy, but like, I've got a lot of shit on my plate and I got to keep my sanity a little what was that turning point or that moment of realization for you I've always been yes like very very social super extroverted and when I think of myself now versus like in college and even like right after college I don't even feel like I was like my own person I feel like I was like part of just like this bigger herd that just bought sorority t-shirts and went out and blacked out every night and then like woke up and did the same thing again like it just doesn't feel like me and so I think just with age. And I mean, I know that we're so young. My mom always laughs when I like say anything where I feel like I sound like I'm wise. She's like, bitch, you're so young. Except she doesn't call me a bitch. Um, but (laughs) she's going to listen to this and be like, you better take that Sarah, You know, I don't say that. No, she will listen to this. And she's going to be like, Sarah, first of all, don't say that word. And second of all, you know, I didn't say that. (laughs) She's overly involved in my life. We've talked about this Jewish helicopter moms. Um, mom, I know you're listening to this, but I don't know. I think, I mean, part of it was forced. I got diagnosed with Crohn's a couple of years ago and got really really sick was like in the hospital for over a week and like lost like 15 something pounds like I was like not okay and the doctor was like you need to like I was just having to really focus on my health and that was I think the first time I had to double back and take a step back and was like okay whoa I need to slow down I need to you know really take a look at like what I'm doing with my everyday how I'm treating myself how I'm putting myself first or not putting myself first, what I'm putting in my body as far as like food, alcohol, all of these things. And so I think that kind of like, just like made me take a step back. And then 
also forced me to look at, okay, like, what am I filling my time with? Because I'm constantly like going, 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 going. I don't say no to anything. And, you know, with my job, because it is so flexible, like my mom always says, like, just because you can, it doesn't mean you should, because that's just so my true. Like people invite me to do things. And like, I remember when I first graduated, I was not used to having money. I was not used to having all this, not free time, but like flexibility with my schedule where I could do whatever I want. I think I went to Europe, like three times the year I graduated college, probably two or three times the year after that, like just because I could, because I, you know, had savings and I had the flexibility. So I was just like saying yes to everything, any trip I, and anyone invited me on, I was like, okay, well, am I going to, that's like my logic. Am I going to like, remember the time that I, you know, did something fun or am I going to remember the time that I got a good night's sleep and I never chose a good night's sleep thing. You know, I was just like running on like empty all the time. So I think when I got sick, it made me take a step back and I was like, okay, I really need to pick and choose what I'm doing. And I also, you know, for my gut health, I can't be drinking as much as I am because like with my body now and with this new, you know, chronic illness, I have my body just can't metabolize it like it used to. And I don't know if I brought that upon myself. That's a whole nother conversation. But um, yeah, so I stopped drinking for like two months. And when I say that, I feel like I'm saying that I was like an alcoholic before and I wasn't like, I didn't depend on alcohol at all. It was just like a thing that in my mind was so normalized. Like, I mean, we would go out it's just and, by default. Yeah. And we would go out and like, if I didn't black out, like if I remembered things from the night before, and this sounds so bad when I say it, my mom's going to like cry, but like, it was so normal for us to just go out and take shots and just get belligerent. And so like the nights that we like remember things from the night before, we're like, oh, we didn't even get that drunk last night. And we would do it every weekend. So like Friday, we'd go out Saturday, we'd be hungover eat like shit, go out again, order Chinese at 3 a.m. Then Sunday we would be hungover and we'd have, we literally called it fat girl Sundays where we would order like Chinese food and five guys and like every bad food you could think of and like eat that hungover and then feel like shit Monday and then, you know, get over our hangover, then do it again. It was just a cycle. And so Mm -hmm. when I couldn't drink, I mean, I still am very social. I was like, okay, well, I don't want to not be able to like do things just because I'm not drinking. And So like my friends and I wasn't drinking, but like no one else did. And I went to like Auburn games. I was at freaking Sky Bar until like 2 a.m. And I was sober as a whip and no one knew. And I was like, wait, this is actually really fun. I'm not hungover. I remember everything. And I feel 20,000 million times better from like not dousing myself with alcohol. And so then I like kind of started drinking again, but like not as much. And now living out in Colorado, because I moved to Colorado in last August, I was just getting away from like college, like Atlanta, because I've been Atlanta before was like a continuation of college for me. So like the norm of like going out and drinking in college just spilled into my life in Atlanta because I was with all my friends from college. And that's like all I really knew. It was so easy. It's like, it's like college with money. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Now I had money. So I was like, oh, I'll get a dirty martini instead of a Sprite pouring vodka in it from the water bottle in my purse you know (laughs) we were talking about that before we were like how how to survive college being like the broke girl because I remember in in my sorority which I will say I was only a part of it for two years because it just that's a whole other story yeah but like I just remember being like holy shit like this t-shirt's 40 bucks yeah (laughs) I was like "Ah." but everyone has to have it for rush or for whatever the situation was social status that didn't exist that we like made up (laughs) oh my god this hierarchy this we were so (laughs) we're so blind and um you 
so you started feeling a little bit better and can you for anyone who's out there who is either suffering with Crohn's or who's maybe never heard of Crohn's we talk all about digestion on the podcast what is Crohn's and what is it like to live with Crohn's and how do you know you had it um so I was sick for like two months before they figured anything out and one thing I will say with anyone that just can tell that something's not right with themselves be your own advocate and I was like about to pass out. I had no nutrients in me. I wasn't retaining water. I wasn't retaining food for like two months. So I was really, really, really sick. And they kept sending me home. I went to the doctor and they did tests and they thought I had E. coli. And then they thought I had something else. And they were giving me these antibiotics, which ended up just making it worse to the point that I was like, so weak and like had no nutrients in my body that I ended up with a fever and like, could barely like, I mean, I had these muscle aches and like fever and like all these things and got myself sick because I was, my body was like fighting against me and I ended up going to the ER. And then after they, after my fever went down, they tried to send me home again. And my mom was there, thank God. And my brother actually grew up with Crohn's. So he got diagnosed when he was really little. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Which was a whole nother thing. I mean, he almost got held back when he was younger because he was in the hospital so much. He had it really hard. And, you know, back then, you know, I feel like holistic medicine and nutrition and your gut and all these things are way more mainstream than they used to be. I mean, my mom, like, I mean, she was such a hippie and she's such like a health freak, even before it was cool. Like she was wearing Birkenstocks with socks and she was sending us to lunch with, instead of a plastic water bottle, a metal, metal water bottle. Cause she knew what like BPA was and no one else even knew what it was. You know what I mean? It was like making us bring our Ziploc bags back home so she could wash them. And I remember all of our wooden spoons in the kitchen, they were like little Ziploc bags over drying. And she was like, uh, like, she's always been super, you know, into the environment and all these things. So my brother got sick when he was little and they were pumping him with like steroids and all these medications. And he was like, made him even more sick. She found this diet and that ended up like really helping him. And all the doctors, like doctors wouldn't even see my brother. Cause they were like, this is so stupid. Like we're not going to treat him. And yeah, like he has a belly ache. Cool. Sorry. Right. And so I've seen her advocate for him in that way. And she did the same for me. So number one, I'll say like, always advocate for yourself because I'm not saying doctors don't have your best, best interest in heart. I think they're trying. I think it's just a broken, you know, system of education that they're not looking at like full pictures of things. But anyways, so I was really sick for a long time, ended up in the hospital. My mom fought tooth and nail, like pretty much cussed out doctors to get a colonoscopy for me. They found out I had Crohn's and that it was very, very severe, which was pretty emotional just because I had seen my brother, you know, suffer with it throughout his whole life. He's so much better now. Um, but just like growing up and it was always kind of his struggle. So I never thought in a million years that I would at 24, I think I was 24 when I got, got diagnosed, like get sick with this. So that was kind of scary because it is chronic. Um, and it's completely different for everyone, but my mom is like the best mom in the world swooped in, like had like all the soups and all the things for me. And like, I went home, it was like around my birthday. And that's, I'll tell you what, one wake up call was, when I went home for my birthday, I had like been out of the hospital for like a week and I was on the boat with my parents, just like chilling. Like we were going on the boat and then like going to Costco and like grilling out after like nothing crazy. And like half of the texts that I got for my birthday were like, you're probably blackout by now. And like, I don't even like, I hope like yeah. don't die tonight. Or like, I don't even know like, like where you are in the world right now. Cause I'm like, tr like you could be in Europe or Ibiza, like all these texts. And I was like, dear God, is that what people really think of me? And so that was a wake up call too. But um, yeah, I mean, now I'm, I'm asymptomatic. I'm not, you can like, go into remission with Crohn's. I'm still pretty severe as far as like my inflammation. So Crohn's is like uh, inflammation of your small intestines or your colon. And it's just, 
you know, a disruption of how you digest things. I have a lot of buildup with like, I have like ulcers and bleeding and things in my small intestines and my colon, just because, you know, certain enzymes and bacteria that are made to metabolize certain foods in my body, they just don't metabolize correctly. So they cause buildup. And that's like kind of how it started whenever I got sick. And we just didn't know that it was the Crohn's that was, you know, making me so sick. What are some of the main things that irritated it other than alcohol? I don't know because when I was sick and then I didn't know that I was sick, I was eating like stuff you would eat if you had like the stomach flu, like plain things like grains, bread, crackers, ginger ale. I wasn't really drinking that much when I was sick because I was like, I don't know what's up. Something's wrong, like seriously wrong. And I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um. But and like that's now, so hard when you're trying to live a young life, you know, it's like, you're, totally. it, it's not like you can have other people around you to talk to that about, especially when you're known as being the outgoing party girl and the one who says no to nothing. So exactly. it's like, if you started saying no to something, you would think, okay, people are going to think something's up. Well, and I think too, that's something I learned. I mean, sorry to jump ship, but like something I learned recently with my injury, I got hurt skiing and tore my ACL end of January and got surgery in February. And for those of you that have had ACL surgery, I'm sure you could also say you would not work. You would not wish that upon your worst enemy because it was absolutely fucking brutal. I mean, it was like the worst or the first injury I've ever really had. But I remember my parents came out here. Like I said, they're the best in the world and stayed with me for a month. I like couldn't walk or really do anything for myself for a while. And I was just stuck sitting at home, watching Snapchat stories, watching people's Instagrams. And from the time I got hurt, to like a little bit after surgery, I mean, I was like depressed and anyone that saw me and anyone that talked to me and anyone that knows me were like concerned because I am always the like peppy positive person. And I was just like, not okay. Like after I found out I cried for like a week and a half straight, I, I mean, I cried like not every day, but like a lot. And I just felt like I felt worthless. I felt down. I felt like so left out and just like, not like, just like not a part of anything. And I felt forgotten and all of these things. And when I was sitting there after surgery, like in my big cast, not able to walk and seeing everyone like go out and go to birthday dinners and do fun things. I just like was so sad and I had so much like, you know, FOMO and was like, just felt so like worthless. Like that's the word that kept coming to my mind. And I felt like before that I prided myself on like loving myself and being so happy and so positive. But then I was like, okay, well, I say I'm so positive and I'm so happy, but my life is pretty fucking great. And the second something really bad happens, I'm not positive anymore. Like this is a test and I'm failing miserably. And so I remember sitting there and this is like on like some of like my darkest days. And I was like, okay, well, if when no one's around, when I'm not at the party, when I'm not being seen, when I'm not the fun girl, when I'm not the skiing girl, when I'm not the girl that can like drop everything and go skiing for the day or like go to Mexico for a week or you know, be that like go-to girl for everyone, then what is my worth? And what do I mean to myself when like you strip all those superficial things away? And so I think that really just showed me that like, you know, I don't need to, like, I I think with social media, we see, we are always seeing what everyone's doing. So when we're not, you know, a part of that, we're not doing things. And although we're only seeing the highlight reel of everyone's lives and everyone knows that it's still, you know, wears down on you and you see all these people doing fun things. And when you're not a part of it, you're like, shit, well, like, what do people think of me? Like, do they not think that I'm fun or they think that I'm boring now or that like, or I wasn't invited or that I'm not friends with them? I mean, these are thoughts that all of us have. And I remember like sitting there thinking that too, like, I remember there was like a birthday dinner or something and I was like, oh, 
like everyone's gonna see all the girls that are there and I'm not gonna be there and they're gonna be like oh I bet Sarah like wasn't even about-. like all these like stupid insecurities that don't even exist these irrational out. thoughts irrational. that come up in your head and it's, and it's like embarrassing to even say but like I know that we've all had these thoughts and so like getting through that it just made me realize like it, it made me really think about and choose wisely like the things that I put my time in and I think so many people say this and I've heard so many people say this and now I finally understand how empowering it is to say no to things and that sounds dumb and it sounds mean but I think I used to think of like getting invited to things as facts as like okay if someone invites me to this I'm going to do it and I want to do it but then I started thinking like why am I doing all these things am I doing this to be seen am I doing this to be viewed as something as like the fun person or the cool person or whatever and it really like kind of brought me down a couple notches because I was like Sarah like you know, all this shit doesn't really matter. You pride yourself on being all of these things where you like, don't care what people think. And you yeah. like time for yourself and you're selfish, like in a good way. And like, you know, you're your own person, but at the end of the day, you're doing all this shit just to like be somebody like, just so that people have a certain view of you. When at the end of the day, also like no one's really thinking that much about you. Everyone's so busy thinking about themselves that they yes. don't you're not at a party. They don't notice when you like, if you like say something weird in a conversation and you're thinking about it that night, they probably don't, didn't even notice, notice that you said it because they're thinking about like something they said or a shirt that they have on or like something like that. Like everyone's so in to themselves in the way that like they're obsessing over everything that they're doing and how everyone's viewing them that it really doesn't fucking matter what you do or don't do. You're not going to be forgotten. You're not going to be like known as the boring girl or the not fun girl. Like because people aren't even really thinking about you that much, you know? We, we, were, we were talking about this yesterday and about how even the the algorithm on Instagram makes us feel like a piece of shit because yes. some, some days, well, our numbers are very different, but on some days I'll have like 3,000 people watch a story and then on other days I have 150 or 200 and I'm like, yeah. I am, and, I, and then... I I bring it back to me and my character as a human. And I'm like, (laughs) what has this done? I'm like, does this mean that I am, I am too self-involved that I care? Am I, I'm overthinking the fact that I'm overthinking. It's this anxious type of feeling that you're like, what the, it it means nothing in the world. We are so small with that. Um, And I think that that's like we were just talking about, but also I was telling someone the other day, um, I was like, well, why, why do you feel like people are thinking about you? Why do you feel like people are talking about you? And all they said was these bad things. And they were like, I feel like they think that I am boring, or I feel like they think that it literally everything that you were just saying. And I was like, kind of thinking about that in the same way. I was like, I, I feel this way all the time. Cause I am more of a, not a homebody, but I I'm definitely, I like to be active and do my own things, but alone. I love to be alone. And so to other people, it would look boring or, but I'm really introverted and that's just the way it is. And so we think about all these people thinking about us who you're right. They're not thinking about us at all. They don't give a fuck. They're doing their own thing. They're just trying to figure it out. And I really think like a lot of the time when we see these people on social media posting consistently they'll post for a whole day and then they won't post for a week or they'll post a bunch of things and then they'll stop for a while. It's just, I feel like sometimes we do those things out of, uh, out of either wanting to brag about what we're doing because it makes us seem like we're someone we're not, or it makes us feel like we have a place to get validated. 
we have a place to get validated for a few minutes. We're feeling low in our self-worth. So, oh, I'm going to throw up a story and see how many people yeah. are watching it or liking it or loving it or hearting it. Right. Um, and it's just these mini mental thirst traps that we throw up all the time. It is. And, and it's like, like a, a short little spurt of like adrenaline. Mm-hmm. That means absolutely nothing. Literally yeah. nothing. When you mentioned that you were depressed, like I definitely know that that's been a conversation on the podcast before and it's not something to be taken lightly. So I'd love to hear about what some of, you mentioned some of your thoughts. What were some of the little things that you would do to get into a healthier headspace or to make yourself not snap out of it because you should be able to feel your emotions, but what were some of those self-love, self-care and motivational things that you did during that time that helped? Um, like as get as little as possible, even if it was just like put on a song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, at first I just was sad and I just cried a lot and I listened to sad music. Like my top hundred on Spotify this year is going to be very skewed by the songs that I had on repeat over and over again, crying in my bed. Give us a couple, but, just, just one, just give yeah, us one. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see one song. Someone listening to this needs a good cry tonight. Okay, I think it's called Wrong Direction by Haley Steinfeld or something. I'm literally about to look it up. I think it's called Wrong Direction. If you look up sad songs on Spotify, <laughs> first of all, let me just say, they do have a lot of playlists out there for the for the sad in your feels folks. But um, I honestly, literally just like run those on repeat. Sometimes it's so cathartic when I cry. I sometimes oh, just sit in my, totally. and really the only places I do it is in my car or in the yeah. shower. Oh, and shower. Just because, oh, the shower it, hits different. It is so good. That is some Ashley Simpson shit. It's so uh, good. It I'm is like, so I good. I like the movie, <laughs> but so, not the good one. <laughs> so I want to talk to you about what you think in business world, in the creative space right now. What do you think some people or brands are out there doing and they're doing right. So like think of some brands that you love and are influenced by what are they doing? Right. And what are some people that are out there that you're like, this is phony bullshit. I mean, I think you said it best when you said phony bullshit. I think I'll start with the bad and end with the good. I think the worst thing anyone can do right now is just try to copy other people. I say that all the time. I think, I mean, I've seen so many businesses try to copy me. And that was something that I really struggled with at the beginning and copy my designs, take my photos, take my vibe, whatever. And did you reach out to them when you saw that? No, I, I didn't want them to even think that I was, that they were on my radar, like that they were even important enough for my time of day. I did not block anyone. I mean, I remember when I first started the space of jewelry and retail and all of that in general was just very catty. And I remember there's this one girl that I asked for advice um, from my hometown that was like doing jewelry and she was so off-putting to me. And I like, we had like, we didn't have similar things at all. I didn't think. And I mean, my stuff was completely different than hers. And I guess she was I have never, I have never seen anything like your jewelry in my whole life. I've Thank never you. seen anything like it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was so catty and rude to me. And then she like blocked me on Instagram. I didn't even follow her. And I noticed when like someone asked you something and I went to your profile and I like, couldn't find it. And it's because I was blocked. So like I've had experiences where people have like blocked me and stuff. I had this girl that I was working with, like another company that I partnered with kind of when I first started, she ended up using me and copying a lot of my stuff. And then she ended up blocking me late. Like I've been burned by a lot of people. Um, so I just, 
always, I'm very reactive and I'm very confrontational, but I try to take the higher road because I know at the end of the day that like conflict like that, like negative feelings towards other people will just weigh me down. Cause they're not going to know that I'm sitting here hating them. Like, it's just going to like make me sad. That anyway, is such so- a good, can we say that again for the people in the back? They, <laughs> the people that we don't fuck with or that are, have been shitty or phony or whatever, inauthentic and rude or whatever, they do not know that you hate them. They don't think about how much you're hating them. Like they are outliving their lives. And also those people that are fucking you over, those people that are rude to you, like, sorry, it's our dogs. Uh, The people that are fucking you over and those people that are rude to you and screwing you over, like that's so much more of a reflection on them. Like how sad and uninspired and uncreative are you that you have to copy other people or screw other people over? Or like how conniving and, just unkind can you be like you like you're just a bad person and that must stem from something else and you know that sucks for you and I'm sorry that you are like in that place maybe you've been through something that I don't understand but like that you have to separate yourself from that kind of thing because that really is anything anyone that's mean to you or like when I'm mean to someone else like if I'm passive aggressive or rude towards someone nine times out of ten it's stemming from some kind of insecurity I have or I'm jealous of them or I see something in them that I don't like about myself and so I'm latching onto it because I'm subconsciously, you know, self-conscious about that quality in myself. So nine times out of 10, that it like that situation has to do with the other person and you just have to separate yourself from that. That's something that like I still work on. It's not like I've just got it down pat. I think that and just like really letting go of what other people think and not caring what other people think is something I literally work on constantly. It is um, such a practice. Oh, it's such a practice. And like, I do things like, recently I haven't been wearing makeup out. Like when I go out on weekends, I just stopped wearing makeup and I don't know yes. if I'll do that forever. And I don't know what sparked me to do it. I was just like, I want to challenge myself to like, if I, you know, love myself and I'm self-confident, how confident let's see how, like, it's like a test. Like, okay, Sarah, let's see how confident you are when you don't wear makeup. And it's not even like I wear a ton of makeup. It's just like a security blanket. And but so it's I like the same thing. It's the same thing as not going out and not drinking. It's like, okay, Sarah, exactly. let's see what I can do. It's it's a shield. It is all a shield. It is such a shield. And I'll say this too. Drinking is such a shield. Like since moving here, I mean, I don't really know any, I didn't really know anyone when I moved here and I've met so many people, whatever. And yes, I like go out and like, I'll have drinks. And I think people think I'm like way more wild than I actually am in real life. I used to be very, very wild as far as drinking. I still go out a ton. I just don't really drink as much because I know. Anyone, anyone with a raspy voice, they're like, that's Courtney yeah. Love. <laughs> that bitch crazy. I'm like, I'm really not that crazy, but okay. Um, but it's so funny because I've noticed that like, you know, the old me, when I see other people taking shots or like drinking, I would just robotically or like insecurely. No, I'm not saying people that drink are insecure. I'm saying for me personally, if I saw other people doing stuff, I wouldn't want them thinking I'm weird or that I'm a bitch or that I like you know, can't drink or I'm not cool. So I would just drink because other people were not all the time. Sometimes it was probably me pushing alcohol down other people's throat. But I'm saying that something that I've like noticed since I haven't been drinking as much is that like, I, I can sense that trigger in myself. Like, oh, like let's take shots or oh, let's do something. And I'm like, wait, why do I, why am I wanting to do that? And kind of like noticing those thoughts and figure and like stopping them. That's huge. I think it's like something you, you know, always have to do when, and whenever I- you're trying to remedy anything that you're 
like about and yourself. I think that's a big uh, that's a big key component of actually observing your thoughts it just means that you're being extremely present and that is the best that is the yes mindfulness and being present that is all so such a characteristic of someone who is self-loving and caring and gracious and patient that's amazing and just because you seem like the wild party girl I think that I think it's great that you have been both and you've seen both and you can relate to both. You're not judgmental of people who want to go out and black out. You're not judgmental of people who want to, like you've lived both yeah. of those traits. And, and that's not to say that I am not still wild sometimes, that I'm not still whatever. And I'm not saying that it's good or bad if you do either thing. I think it's for each person, but at least I'm aware of it. Like if I'm like getting crazy and I'm like taking shots, I'm like, all right, well, guess I'm blacking out. I'm probably gonna be pissed about this, but it's not that like, you know, it just is what it is. Like such is life. And I, but I hear, yeah. Like my mom will get mad at me sometimes about like things I post on Ronda Bellius or things I post on Instagram. She used to not as much anymore. Um, recently I posted pictures of essentially my bare ass on my personal Instagram and she wasn't super thrilled about that as any mother probably wouldn't be. But, um, I have come to realize that like, you know, I, my mom's gotten mad at me on Ronda Bellius. She's like, people are going to think you're like, this crazy girl and like people like you're 26, like you need to grow up. And so I'm like, I really don't care though. Like if someone wants to take what I'm saying and make an assumption about me, that is completely fine. You can think whatever you want to think. And I've just separated myself from that. Like, I just don't really care. It's not that I don't care all the time and I don't get self-conscious and you know, I don't second guess things when I post something like racy or, you know, crazy or political or, you know, what, or I'm taking a stand for something or whatever else. Like it's not that I don't get nervous, but you know, I just don't care. Like if yeah. they, I, I put things out there, if they want to interpret it one way, they totally can. If they want to interpret it another way, they totally can. They can take, you know, whatever from it that they want, you know? Yeah. You're super sure of yourself and, and you're okay with being wrong and you're okay with, um, those things. And so I want to go back. So who are like one or two people in any industry that you see being really authentic and really oh, cool yeah. and amazing? Where this all stemmed from was, I was saying, always try to be authentically yourself and whatever you're doing, whether it's influencing, podcasting, starting your own business, do what's original to you and know why you're doing it because people can, you know, sniff out a phony and they can tell when you're just copying something or someone else's success because it's not going to work the same for you as it did for them for, you know, the don'ts of business. And then something that I really recognize and that I always have my, one of my favorite businesses is show me your moo moo. I have followed them since I was in college and I remember like I mean it's such a cool first full circle moment like I remember when I was in college and I had like no money and I mean their clothes are pretty expensive and I I like would save up like I remember this pair of blue and white pants I still have them I can see them in my closet and I they were $128 I saved up for them like I like things like that like I remember I used to love them as a you know clothing brand but they also always talked about Kami and Cologne, the two founders of Show Me Your Moo Moo. And they were always kind of present on the Instagram. And I just always thought that they were like the coolest girls ever. And in following them later, one thing that I really respected with them, especially I I feel like I followed Kami a little more closely. I don't even know why. Um, I've just always kind of gravitated towards her. And I feel like we're like kind of similar. That might be a stretch. Uh, but just in like the way that we think and like the things that we believe and the things that we stand up for. And I just respect the hell out of like how she conducts herself how she conducts her family how she conducts conducts her business and like the things that she chooses to like give back to and stand up for in a very unapologetic like genuine way like she seems just like a very genuine good person and like 
their whole team and like all the girls that they have with them and uh, you know, the clothes that they put on everything. Like it's also very natural to like where their lives are. Like now they have kids. And so they're doing stuff for moms and daughters. And like, that's what I want to do. I want to, you know, have this grow with me. I mean, I don't know what, where this will be a year from now, six months from now, five years from now, but I want it to always feel yeah, and evolve naturally with me in my life. And I feel like they've done such a good job with just always being super genuine and organic. And I mean, I would love like, they've been on my dream board for years to, you know, like work with them one day and do something with them. And I, oh my God, we have to send them, we have to send them this podcast um, tomorrow. Yeah. We have to send this to them and hopefully they'll listen to it. And then maybe you guys can do a little collab. Yeah. Oh, that would be like a dream. It's something that like I've wanted to do for a long time. And I've met a couple of the girls um, at Shimmy Ruby Moon Venice when I went there a couple of years ago. Um, And it's one of those things that I'm like, I'm not going to force it because I think it's going to happen. Naturally. I'm a, I'm just a big believer in, you know, everything happens as it comes and all happens for a reason in the universe and manifesting things and all of those things. And so I think it'll happen one day, but yeah, that's something I really admire in them. And, you know, when you see businesses do that, I feel like I'm more loyal to businesses that I know their story. I can identify with why they're doing what they're doing, even if it is a clothing, you know, a clothing brand or a jewelry brand or whatever, or whatever else. I respect them more knowing that it's like coming from a real person you know, this real person has a real life. And that, like, I mean, I think everyone just wants to see genuine. Everyone's tired of the face tuning and the editing and like the highlight reels. Like you want to see real people in their real lives and like hear about, you know, struggles and just be like open and honest about things rather than trying to cover everything up and look perfect. I think mm-hmm. that's why things are shifting so much into podcasting and video because yeah. photos, like you can't trust them. Like I always tell my guy friends, I'm like, don't trust a bikini picture girl post because I mean I, I couldn't even begin to edit myself. I truly don't know how to face tune or anything, but like most girls are like editing the shit out of themselves and like are catfishing everyone. Like, but it's it's because of like the it's not just one person, it's everyone doing that. So you feel like you have to keep up, you know, and do That's that. That's the new normal. Like, yeah, in order to just like look normal. And I know for me personally and like my mental health, if I was out here skinny upping myself and editing photos and making myself look a different way then I would have dysmorphia because I would look at a photo and I know that I wouldn't look like that in person. You yeah. Know? I'd be scared to go out at a bar oh, because same. they'd be like, Oh, well, you don't look as good in public. Like, you know, yeah, that, that is my worst nightmare for someone mm-hmm. to be, like when I did trunk shows, like I never want to like, yes, of course I have my angles and there's a lot of stuff that I don't post. And I add the Instagram filter when I'm talking on Instagram stories for saying in the morning and whatever, but like, I would never want to meet someone in person. And they're like, Oh God, like she, or like, I don't recognize you. Yeah. Like not rec. Yeah, exactly. And I even, I definitely get that way in my industry too. It's like giving, literally helping people eat so that they can either lose weight or gain muscle or, or feel a certain way. And if I'm not up to what they signed up for or what they saw on social media, I'm like, I'll get out on a boat now. And I'm like, maybe I'm not as toned as I was a year ago when I was literally teaching fitness classes, working out every single day. Yeah. I mean, intense. And now I just think like, oh my God, are they going to see my arms? Cause they're softer and not as toned. I mean, I get that specific. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, they think sure. I'm a phony. They think I'm a fraud. Well, that's you your know? Feel too. Exactly. And at the end of the day, I'm like, I am so happy and content with where I am and like, fuck that. But yeah. Okay. So before I let you go, before I send you off to do whatever the night has in store for you in Colorado, what 
are, what is one piece of advice that you have for someone who wants to start their own business and has an idea and thinks it's great, but maybe they're scared of oversaturation or they just don't know where to start? What would be your advice for Um, I would say if you have an idea and you think it's a good idea, I think people just get overwhelmed with the, I, with the thing, with like the starting and with the journey and what it's going to look like and how fast am I going to grow? And if, am I going to be successful? And you start like doomsdaying it and just thinking of all the things that could go wrong and all the risks that you could take. And I think you just think too far into it. And it's hard for me to give advice because that's not like my personality is not planning. So it's hard for me to, I mean, I still you know, I've I've talked about starting a podcast for over a year now and I still haven't done it. So I struggle with this too. But I think, you know, when you have an idea and it's a good idea, I mean, a million people have great ideas, but the difference between a million people and the person that's successful is they actually did something with the idea. So number one, I think if you have something, I mean, yes, social media has its pros and cons, but a pro of it is there's number one, so many different ways, you know, to get the word out. You can have a podcast, a YouTube channel, Instagram, TikTok. There's tons of ways that you can do it for free. So there's really no hurt. And just like, you know, the first step, creating that account, creating that website, start small and don't get overwhelmed by like other people's success either. Like it's so easy to play the comparison game in any sense, whether it's business, whether it's hair, body, fashion, like lives, anything. We're always comparing ourselves to each other because we have access to so much and don't get like bogged down by like seeing this other person thriving and you feel like you're not like success isn't going to happen overnight. And everyone's success also looks completely different. Like if you're going at it for the wrong reasons for the cloud and for the Instagram followers, I'm not saying money is like a bad thing to have like as a goal, but I don't know. Like, I think you just need to have deeper reasons in that. Like I think starting out with a solid why and knowing why you want to do this, like other than just like making money for yourself and like being a famous Instagrammer, whatever it is, like, something deeper that, you know, keeps you in the game when things are good and things are bad, I think is super important too, because I think that gives you the longevity to, you know, continue, especially when things get hard and see the light at the end of the tunnel, because you know, deep down, like why you're doing it. If you just Mm -hmm. have something baselessly, like, I don't, I just don't think it has a staying power to last. And I also think people, people can just sense that. I think people can sense, like I said earlier, like when you're being genuine and you're really being true to yourself, people gravitate towards that. And when you're not, people don't, you know? I agree. And people feel most themselves when they're around people that feel most themselves. So what is one resource that you have, whether it is a book, a podcast, a person to follow an app? My favorite podcast other than hotter than health is skinny confidential. (laughs) I'm obsessed with Lauren. Lauren will one day hopefully know my name. Um, but for now, I will just be a loyal fan. And um, yeah, her and Michael are so fucking smart. Their banter is hilarious. Their podcast is so entertaining, but also you learn so much from it. I mean, I've learned and gotten affirmation about so many things like through listening to them over the years. So um, Skinny Confidential, definitely give it a listen if you haven't already. And then books. Um, if you're a creative in the creative field and you um, are experiencing like any roadblock or writer's block, or you're having trouble getting started with an idea, whether you already have a business and you have a new idea or you're having trouble getting started at all, the book, The War on Art, have you ever heard of that? But yeah, The War of Art, The War is, of Art is fantastic. I've only read the first couple pages of it, but I, it is, it's amazing. And it's a short it read. So good. You can read it so quickly. It's like one of those books that like, 
I made a million notes in and I go back and I read it all the time. So that's a really great book. Um, and then like Malcolm Gladwell is super interesting. It's just like books about people and psychology and the world and life and all of those things. So I love Malcolm Gladwell. Sapiens is super interesting. I just, I love to read. I think reading is Amazing. so important. Um, I, and like journaling and all those things. I think it just really helps you reflect and expand your mind. Mm -hmm. keep, keep being hungry for knowledge. Well, I am so thankful and happy to know you and happy. I'm so sad we can do this in person. We will have to do another one. And we'll that one, to. that one we will do with video too. Yeah. So that we can do, so no, we'll do no makeup, camel toes out, just like real. Love it. <laughs> Breathing up everything. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode with Sarah of Raw and Rebellious. She is so fantastic. Such a fun conversation. Make sure you are on your phone, on your computer, on your laptop, on your widget, whatever. Use Amazon Alexa to order. I don't think you can do that. Never mind. Here's the shout out to Amazon. But make sure that you are using the code RAW. No, I'm sorry. It has been a day. Make sure you are using the code Hotter Than Health 15 for 15% 15 off at checkout. Uh, go show some love to her Instagram page at raw underscore rebellion on Instagram. And also go follow the podcast, Hotter Than Health podcast on on Instagram. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes and subscribe wherever you are listening to the podcast. It helps so, so much. I can't wait to talk to you all next week. Oh.